Welcome, everyone, to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. Appreciate you listening to the show today. Plenty of stuff that I want to get to in this one, including bringing our guest in to join me. But before we do that, let's kick things off with our usual buy low trade targets for the week as we try to take your roster and frank it up, just like our friends at Frank's Red Hot. And there's one name that stands out above the rest for me this week, and it's Cordero Patterson. And I've talked about trading for injured players a few times this season, how you want to make that move a few weeks before they come back. You don't want to try to trade for them the week that they're returning because then there's lots of headlines, there's lots of updates, and their fantasy manager starts to get excited about having them back in their lineup. But a few weeks out, you could still get that discount. You could trade something to that team that could help them win now, and you can get the more valuable asset who can make an impact for you in the second half of the season. And for Cordero Patterson, we haven't really seen anyone step up in that Falcons backfield while he's been out. The team is really dedicated to the run, though, and their line is blocking pretty well, but none of the other backs have gotten it done, and some of it's been tough matchups. But regardless, the stage is set for Patterson to come back and regain that starting role. And if you go back to the beginning of the year, CPAT had 200-yard games in the first three outings before he got hurt. He also had three touchdowns before he got banged up. So it sounds like he's on track to return as soon as he's going to be eligible to come off IR, which is going to be in week nine. And he'll come back to three straight favorable matchups. He gets the Chargers, the Panthers, and the Bears, who all rank inside the top 10 for most fantasy points allowed to running back. So make your move, go get Patterson now. Another player who you should be targeting is T. Higgins. I know he's had a couple down weeks. He had the ankle injury. He left early in week five and then seemed like he wasn't going to play last week, but he did. Only the production wasn't the normal production we would expect from him. He had six for 47, which is a far cry from his stat lines before the injury. He had six for 71 and a touchdown. He had five for 93. He had seven for 124 and a touchdown. But here's the good news. He was able to play through the ankle injury. It didn't keep him out, and he drew 10 targets in that game. So he's going to have another week to heal up here. We should see him closer to 100%. And the Bengals have one of the easiest passing schedules the rest of the way. They don't really have a challenging matchup until December. So Higgins is a great buy low if you can get him. And then also, I'm looking at Rashad Bateman on the Ravens. He's been out with that foot sprain. John Harbaugh did say that he's close to returning, though. And before he got hurt... We saw some really big performances from Bateman, 59 yards and a score in the opener, 108 yards and a touchdown in week two, had another 59 yards in week three as well. And that's despite only playing just over 60% of the snaps. And we know Baltimore doesn't have an established receiver in that offense. They use tight end Mark Andrews as their main pass catcher. And I don't see Devin Duvernay or even Deshaun Jackson, who they just signed. I don't see either of those guys carving out big target shares. So Baltimore needs Bateman to get back and emerge as a consistent threat, be that number two pass catcher behind Mark Andrews, which he was doing before he got hurt. So if you're looking for a cheap receiver who could give you a wide receiver three, maybe even wide receiver two fantasy stats in the second half of the season. Bateman should be a guy that's in the running for you. And just to quickly recap, Cordero Patterson, T Higgins, and Rashad Bateman. Those are your three buy low trade targets this week as you try to take your roster and frank it up just like our friends at Frank's Red Hot. All right, let's get our guest in here, Jennifer Eakins of 4for4.com. She's got lots of great content over there. You can also hear on the most accurate podcast with Brandon Niles and our buddy Chris Allen. Chris was just on the show like a month ago, maybe it was a few weeks ago. Time just flies during the season, but you can follow Jennifer on Twitter at the Monday Mommy. Jennifer, welcome to the show. It is great to have you on after I've followed your work for a while now, so I'm glad we're finally getting to do this. 
Tell me, though, how is this season going for you so far? I mean, somehow we're already a third of the way through it. I just don't even know how that's possible. You know, it's funny. I always, it's like, I wonder like, okay, so we're a third of the way through. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's such a weird, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is it fast? Is it slow? It's tough to really tell. But, um, you know, with the amount of work that we put in, it, it, it goes by fast and slow at the same time, if that makes sense. But no, the season's going great so far. Uh, it's It's been a very crazy season. It's been a humbling season, right? As a fantasy analyst. like For sure. You go into it sometimes thinking we know a lot and then we end up where we don't know anything. So I feel like it's been that kind of season. Um, which keeps us on our toes. So it's it's fun that way. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, in the early going, there's been a lot of uh, shaking up the snow globe and then trying to reassess the next week. And some of that's because injuries and we expect mm-hmm. that to happen. And some of that's just been some really surprising performances in the early going. But there's also so much going on this week. I mean, we have the NFL owners meetings, which have been a little spicier than usual, but we're not going to spend much time on that. Instead, I want to talk about some of the situations that have been changing in the last week here for fantasy. And the first is the Broncos backfield. We got to talk about that. Javante Williams, he goes down a few weeks back. I think we all expected that Melvin Gordon would get the first crack at the starting job, even though there were some reports from some of the Broncos media, like Cecil Lammy, who had said that he thought if Javante didn't get hurt, that the team might've just outright released Melvin Gordon at some point here. And in the waiver wire column after Javante went down two weeks ago, I put that Latavius Murray, I thought, was a higher valued player than Mike Boone, in part because Boone's role was just always going to be limited to that change of pace guy, where Murray, he was more of a one-for-one replacement for Gordon, just in case something did happen there where the team soured on Gordon or if Gordon got hurt. And Murray, he looked pretty good in that one game that he had with the Saints earlier in the year. So I thought, okay, there's still a little bit of juice there. Well, now you cut to week six, Gordon basically gets benched in favor of Murray And Boone plays sparingly as the change of pace guy. So, Jennifer, where do you think that leaves this Broncos backfield now? I mean, how are you approaching these guys in week seven and and beyond and for the rest of the year? You know, it's interesting because, like you said, coming into the season, I actually had my I thought it was going to be, you know, kind of similar to last year, a split of sorts. You know, I know that there were rumors that, like you said, Cecil Lammy said that, you know, possibly Gordon might have might have been cut, traded, whatever. Um, I kind of thought it would still be somewhat of a split. Now we're in a position where, A, the Broncos are not good, right, on offense. Like, in general, they're not good. They're probably going to be playing from behind for most of the time. So I feel like the backfield might get kind of game scripted out anyway. But I do feel like, you know, unfortunately, we have still a small sample size, right? I mean, week five, um, after Javante went down, Gordon had 18 touches and Boone had 10. Uh, Murray wasn't active after coming back from London. Last week, Murray got 16, Gordon had three, and Boone had two. So, you know, based on those two samples, it's kind of tough to tell. But like you said, I think Murray should get the bulk, but I don't think that it's going to be a lead back situation. I think they're still going to kind of go with whatever they can go with. I think they're, you know, (laughs) this offense is struggling, so they're going to do whatever they can. Um, So, you know, I think Murray is absolutely rosterable, and I think people should, you know, pick him up and I know he he has been uh, he was a hot waiver wire ad last year or last week and this week as well uh you know uh, Boone is is it's tough to tell right are we going to get Boone from week five are we going to get Boone from week six so I mean I think that it's one of those things that you know depending on your league size and whatnot that you know all of them are rosterable I think that Gordon it's tough to tell right because you know, Nathaniel Hackett came out and said, oh, Gordon is not in the doghouse. It's just kind of the way it worked out. But is that coach speak? We don't know, right? <laughs> so I think it's really, kind of, I hate to say it's too early to tell, but it kind of is, you know? I mean, I think 
the writing's not necessarily completely on the wall yet there, but I mean, I guess I would rank them Murray and then Gordon Boone for now, and then we kind of see what happens. Yeah, and you wonder too, like if they are kind of upset with Gordon, even though they're not admitting it, could we see Gordon get moved at some point here in the next couple of weeks? And I want to talk to you about some of the guys that could get traded here before the trade deadline, but we'll get to that in a second. I also just think that on Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, it's been just so bad for him the start of the year. We don't need to pile on him even more. I think everyone's done that. But, (laughs) you know, when you have guys like Gordon after the game saying that he had no clue why he was benched and you could see how upset he was about it and that the coaches had never talked to him, that is just bad leadership. I mean, and then you contrast that with, I don't know if you saw the Mike Tomlin video this week where he got asked about a report where, you know, was there an argument between players in the locker room? And Tomlin just gives this confident answer to the media and he makes it clear there is a leader in that Steelers building and it is Mike Tomlin. I don't get that feeling from Hackett. So that makes you worried about, you know, are the Broncos really going to be able to get it all together here? And I know it's his first season as a head coach, so maybe he'll figure it out. But the early returns have been about as bad as it gets for Hackett. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't know. I actually live here in Denver, so it's it's I get it all on, on local and it's 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 really bad. People are not happy with, you know, the... the 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 play calling the you know he had to bring in an extra person to help with clock management it's yeah. just it's been it's been ugly and they spent a lot of money on Russell Wilson so and that is not uh you know not really panning out either and now he's hurt so it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of recover any kind of semblance of a locker room moving forward all right, another situation that's flipped around in the last week or so here is the commander's quarterback depth chart. And we know why this one happened. It isn't it isn't up in the air like the Broncos backfield. We know this one. It was Carson Wentz fractured his finger on his throwing hand. He's looking at a four to six week recovery there. And I thought it was kind of telling that Ron Rivera said that he didn't even consider starting rookie Sam Howell at all. So that might not be a good sign for where Sam Howell's at in his development, but we still might see him later in the season. I mean, if Washington's out of the playoff mix, then maybe they give him some run at the end of the year. But for now, it's going to be Taylor Heineke playing again. And we got a long look at Heineke last year in this offense. He's a good backup. He might not be the kind of guy that you want starting really long stretches, but you know, for short stretches, he can step in there and play pretty well. And it's not like Wentz was playing that great anyway in recent weeks, but Jennifer, I mean, do you think that the move to Heineke, does this change anything fantasy value-wise for some of the commander skill position players? I mean, Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, Brian Robinson, maybe even Jahan Dotson, if he can get back this week. Are you making any big changes to the fantasy rankings for these guys with Heineke under center? I do think that... Like you said, it's not a huge. It's not like Carson Wentz was playing fantastic, and all of a sudden they're taking a huge downgrade. But you know, we did get 15 games of Tyler, of Taylor Haneke. Tyler Han- Taylor well, Taylor Haneke, <laughs> um, last year, and he, you know, it wasn't great. He was in the bottom pretty much in all categories. He was at like 6.9 yards per attempt, which was 21st. Um, the big thing I think that will affect will be Terry McLaurin because uh, he was 29th in completion percentage on deep balls of 20. 20 yards or more. So he, you know, his completion rate was 32.8. Not great for Terry. I think though for Curtis Samuel in, in PPR formats, I think that might help him. And, you know, as far as checkdowns, I mean, that would really be, I think the only you know move I would make as far as those two go. I think Brian Robinson will be fine. You know, I think he's still going to be kind of an RB three or a flex. I don't think he's going to, you know, I don't think his output is going to change much, but I would say I would downgrade Terry a little bit. Cause I don't think he's going to get, 
you know, those big passes where he lives, um, which I mean, this year he hasn't been great anyway. So it's not like, you know, he's going from a wide receiver one all of a sudden down to a huge downgrade. But I do think that we can't expect, um, you know, normal Terry uh, with, you know, Heineke at the helm. And the one good thing for Washington, at least, is if Wentz does miss more than, what, a month, that's going to make the trade that they made with the Colts a little more palatable because if he plays less than 70% of the offensive snaps, I think it is, they only have to give up a third-round pick, not a second-round pick oh, in that trade. Right. So that's good, I guess. I'm just looking for some sort of silver lining here, right? But at some point, they're going to have to try to find a, a real franchise quarterback, whether that's in the draft, which is probably where they're going to have to go, or via another trade and a trade that you know hopefully pans out this time because – Wentz is not going to be the long-term answer there. You could tell just based on the way that they're talking about it. And it's too bad too, because trades are fun. I wish that these trades were going through and they were turning out for the better. And that would encourage more teams because we know it's a copycat league. That would encourage more teams to go out there and trade. I wish we had more deals. And I talked about it last week with Jordan Schultz. We talked about the Panthers and them selling off guys. And could Christian McCaffrey go? And we mentioned Robbie Anderson too. And then boom, Anderson gets traded on Monday. So I'm hoping you and I can manifest another deal this week. So I want to know, are there a couple players? Let's just start with one and maybe we can go back and forth here and throw out some names. But is there anyone that you're looking at who could be a trade candidate? And the trade deadline is on November 1st, so a little under two weeks away here. Is there somebody that comes to mind for you? And if you got one, I mean, let us know, where would you like to see them go to? Because that's a, a big part of it as well. Yeah, I have a few. Um, The first one I'll throw out there is a wide receiver, uh, Kendrick Bourne. I think that he's kind of... He's just not being utilized in that Patriots, you know, wide receiver room. They have a lot. You know, they have Jacoby Myers. They have Devontae Parker. They have rookie Tyquan Thornton. Kendrick Bourne had really, you know, he had some stretches last year with really good games. And I feel like he's just kind of not um, being utilized. I mean, I know he's been hurt a little bit as well. I think he has turf toe. But um, I think that, you know, not that he's an extra in their offense, but I think he could really help a team like, say, the Packers. You know, there's a lot of teams out there that are wide receiver uh, needy. And so I think he's someone that would be fun to see what he can do on another team. I think you could even put Nelson Aguilar, his teammate, yeah. kind of in that that category too, right? Like both those guys the Patriots and not to really put down their, their free agent signings last year, but it was weird at the time when they gave those guys the money that they did. And now you look at it and it's just sort of head scratching, but if they can get anything for them, I think they would be happy to do it at this point. And a big part of that is because of the other names that they have there now, which you went over for mm -hmm. sure. I would like to see the Ravens go out and get some help for Lamar Jackson. And the Bears have talked about how they want to get Khalil Herbert more involved, and they've talked about going with a hot hand approach now. You have David Montgomery in the last year of his deal in Chicago, so why not trade him away? And I, I would love to see Baltimore get a, a better back at the moment, because I don't think that J.K. Dobbins is right. I mean, we saw him come back, and now he left last week, and we don't really know where that stands. I haven't seen practice reports today for him and whether he's out there or not. It's a Wednesday afternoon. We're recording at the moment, but I don't think J.K. Dobbins is going to give them you know, what you would expect J.K. Dobbins to give when he is 100% healthy. He's still working his way back from that ACL tear. So you go out, you get a veteran like David Montgomery, and I don't know that I would love the move for fantasy, but... I think it could help give Montgomery and Herbert maybe a little more value because they would each have their own backfields at that point as opposed to sharing one in a Chicago offense that we don't really love. So I would like to see whether it is Montgomery or someone else, I would like to see the Ravens go out and get some help for Lamar. So I wish that you could see my sheet right now because my second thing is David Montgomery to Ravens, Denver. So I've got <laughs> the same thought. I mean, absolutely. Um, I'd love to see David Montgomery 
Um, go somewhere, just a better offense that, like, I don't want to say respects him more, but just respects him more, you know? I just feel like he's kind of wasting away in the Bears right now, and um, I think the Ravens are, like I said, even Denver would be kind of fun at this point uh, to get him there. Yeah, and th- this thing that we're doing right now is we're not, I don't want to do this from, like, a fantasy perspective only. I don't want to just play fantasy trades and making, you know, star players go to other teams. Like, we want to look at it and go, realistically, guys that are in the last year of their deals or guys that teams have maybe given up on a little bit. That's who we want to pick for these spots. So another one that I would like to see happen is I would like to see the Browns. And I've said this for a while. I want to see them move on from one of their running backs. And it's obviously not going to be Nick Chubb. Is this on your list too? I hear you uh, laughing over there. I'm laughing because that's my other one. There's my uh, three. Kendrick, all right. David Montgomery, and Kareem Hunt. So. I'm going to hand it over to you then. No, and no, I want to know where you want to see Kareem Hunt go. Um, I just wrote, you know, I just put the Rams. I feel like that's kind of the, the obvious choice, but that is what I put. I just feel like, you know, the Rams have been kind of trying to get that running back for a while and, and it just doesn't seem to be happening. And um, Kareem Hunt, you know, is solid. He's solid year in and year out. And I think that it would be fun to see them have a legitimate running game that they don't have to keep playing the whole you know, next guy up, next guy up year after year. So that that's kind of why I went with that. Yeah. And if you're one of the teams out there who, you know, wants a running back help, you don't want to pay up for what the Panthers are asking for Christian McCaffrey, which initially they said it was two firsts. And then I think Peter Schrager said that they would accept one first, but if they couldn't get that, maybe they would take some day two picks. Like the price is coming down there for McCaffrey because two first rounders is just absurd for a running back. But, you know, if you went out and got someone like Hunt, for example, you're not going to have to pay up like that. You can get more of a discount and bring him in. And I still think that Hunt has some good football left in him. Mm -hmm. And I still think he could be a pretty quality starting back. Plus, you look at that Browns backfield, they have some depth. They have Dearness Johnson. They drafted Jerome Ford this year. So even if you didn't want to trade Hunt, I think maybe you look to trade Johnson because we saw him perform pretty well in his start last year. So get something for one of these guys and, you know, give them a chance to be a a more meaningful contributor somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. It's funny. We're on the same page. All right. Well, I mentioned all your content earlier on four for four. You got a couple of really good articles that I want to steer people towards. I want to get your thoughts on them as well. The first is the dead weight report where you go over players that people could be dropping from their fantasy rosters. And I won't ask you to go through all of them, but I'm curious who the toughest player to put in that column this week was, because I know I do some of that too. I write a start, sit, stash, quick column where at the end of it, I put some players that you could give up on. And I know it could be very difficult to just outright say that you should drop players or call them dead weight. So uh, who was the most difficult decision you had putting in the column this week? You know, it's funny when you think about that, you know, tough has, you know, several meanings, right? Because tough, you know, tough for me is different versus like writing it for an audience where you know you're going to get reamed or you're not going to, you know, so, you know, I've been writing this deadweight report. I think this is the fourth or fifth season I've been writing it. And, you know, people come back at me with, you know, and listen, it's happened, right? I say drop someone and then they go off the next week. It, it happens plenty. But uh, this week, I think it was Cam Akers just because it's one of those things where, you know, you want, you don't want to, you know, drop someone and then of course have them go somewhere else and go off. Right. I mean, that's like the worst thing in yep. the fantasy world to do. And so I think a lot of people are, have been kind of, you know, waiting cam makers out. People have also, you know, they wasted a single digit draft pick on him, you know? And so it's really difficult for people to kind of, you know, rip that bandaid off and get rid of cam makers. And so it was tough for me to include him. I've been wanting to include him for a while, but now we're at a point that, okay, you know, he's, there's obviously a a kerfuffle happening, right. With the Rams. 
Now we're on day, what, three or four of, of waiting, and there hasn't been a trade, which means nobody's, you know, the market is, is you know, not happening for him, right? So they're most likely going to have to wave cut him, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, he may get claimed off of waivers. But I just think we're at a point that, you know, his inefficiency is is definitely part of the equation, right? I mean, if he was playing it at what, you know... Uh, a top running back would be, then he would have been claimed, right? We don't know what the issue is with the Rams. They're being very quiet about what it is. Um, so we don't even know kind of what, where this falling out happened or why they, you know, he fell out of favor. So I think it's one of those things like it wasn't necessarily tough to include him, but I think it's also going to be, I think it's going to be tough for people to actually drop him. I think there's that mental block of, but I spent, you know, a fifth round pick on him or a fourth or, you know, whatever, depending on your league. But, you know, we're we're coming up on week seven, and I just think that you got to let go of the, like, okay, he's going to end up, you know, at X team and all of a sudden be this RB1, because I just don't think we're going to get that out of him this year. Whether it's the Achilles, whether it's something else, whatever it is, he's just not performing, um, you know, as a, as a good fantasy starter. And I think people could be scared that the further removed from the Achilles injury he is, maybe all of a sudden it starts to come back. But you kind of referenced it there multiple times. I don't think it's going to be this season. When you look at some of those Achilles injuries before, I talked about this during the offseason that I thought you were looking more at 2023 as a time where Akers could maybe get back on track. I didn't think it was going to happen this year. And unfortunately, we've seen that come to pass. So you never want to see, you know, a player's career, especially a young player's career, kind of get derailed by injury. But unfortunately, that that's what Akers is dealing with at the moment. So hopefully he can get right. He can get a fresh start like mm-hmm. Sean McVay's talking about. And hopefully next year we're going to see something from him. But yeah, I agree with you. You know, whether you want to call it, you know, the the poison pill kind of drop or whatever name you want to give it, where you drop that player and someone else in your league, another manager is going to see Akers out there. They're going to be needy at running back and they're going to go out and pick him up. And I don't think anybody is going to regret dropping him. So I think that's a good call. Another column that you do is stash candidates. And like I said, I kind of do the same in that that Friday column that I put up. I have a section in there as well. So I can relate to all this stuff. This week, you wrote up eight players. I only do two. People get mad at me sometimes. They wish that I wrote more in there, but I just stick with the two. Who's your favorite stash this week? And I promise I will not steal them for the column on Friday. <laughs> no, you can you can steal away. Um, it's actually tough to... to... I kind of love them all, right? Because I crafted the <laughs> column. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, rookie wide receiver Tyquan Thornton for the Patriots. I think that it's one of those things where, you know, historically, rookie wide receivers are really good to have on your roster later on in the season, right? They learn the playbook better. They come on better. They learn the NFL better. And it's just one of those things. I mean, running backs as well, right? Rookies just tend to do better in the second half of the season. So I think having at least one or two stash on your roster, if you can, is always a good thing. You know, Tyquan Thornton had a broken collarbone. He came back in week five, and he's been second in the Patriots offense uh, in targets behind Jacoby Myers. He and Bailey Zappi, you know, kind of have this thing. And so I feel like, you know, we don't know whether Zappi's going to remain the quarterback or Jones. I guess there's a controversy. There's not. Whatever. That's, you know, kind of irrelevant here. I still think that Tyquan Thornton is fast. And I think, you know, if he can learn that playbook and get, you know, get up to speed, um, that I think he may be a really good guy down the stretch. 
uh, for the Patriots and for fantasy rosters. Yeah, and it's the complete picture too, right? It's what we're seeing now that he's come back. It's some of the off-season reports from you know OTAs and from training camp that he was really impressing in those practices. When you start to put all of that together, it gets you a little excited about a player like that, especially when it's a rookie that could come on in the second half of the season. All right, we're going to get you out of here in the rapid fire section. So quick answers only for this one. You can give some context if you want, but it is not required. And we're going to go back to teammate toss-ups, which is something that we've done before. So who would you rather start in week seven? The first one is Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon? Uh, Aaron Jones for me. I still believe. And I mean, having Aaron <laughs> Rodgers come out and say that he wants to get him the ball more, that's uh, that's got to be a positive for him as well. Travis Etienne or James Robinson? I'm a James Robinson person, so I'm going to stick with him. I think Etienne has been coming on, which is great for, for people that have him, but I, I still like James Robinson. I've been on him all off season and now, so I'm, I'm going to stay there. And then looking at the Chiefs' backfield, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Jarek McKinnon, or Isaiah Pacheco. It seems like that's been just sort of a, you know, choose-your-own-adventure one each week. Who would you go with? Yeah, it's kind of gross, but I'll go with CEH just because I feel like he's still going to get the bulk. What about the Seahawks receivers? DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, who has been, I think, a lot better than people expected. And part of that's because that offense has been a lot better than people expected. Yeah, always Tyler Lockett for me. He's just, I can't quit him. He's my guy. I I just, I love him. Um... I think Metcalf is fine. And listen, we all know that Seattle has been surprising. Uh, both of them have been surprising. But yeah, lock it for me. Uh, Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy in that Broncos offense that we talked Ugh. about not not being very good at the moment? Uh, Greg Dulcich. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I uh, I guess Judy. I don't know. I, 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 can't, I can't commit to either, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, Judy, if I had to pick. And while we're on the topic of the Broncos, and I know we talked about that backfield earlier, some breaking news here. Melvin Gordon will start against the Jets for the Broncos, according to Nathaniel Hackett. Now, when it comes to running back starting, that could mean he starts the first snap, exactly. but they could give him another shot early in the game and then pull him. But still, a They're good sign that... Bone, like, exactly. Okay, we don't hate you. Here you go. But, a uh, good sign that maybe they'll give him another I chance. But for fantasy... Say he traded or cut or something, and I was like... <gasps> Okay. No, I mean, that that probably makes it even more confusing for fantasy. <laughs> I almost wish that they came out and were upset with them, and then we could go with Latavius Murray. <laughs> now it's just going to be a, a complete mix. It'll be impossible to rank, but we'll yep. figure that out as the week goes along. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, or Elijah Moore? Corey Davis for me. I think he's quietly having a good season. He's had a lot of targets. I like Corey Davis there. Yeah, kind of surprisingly been the number one receiver mm-hmm. since uh, Zach Wilson got back under center. Uh, what about for the Steelers? I still look at Deontay Johnson as the top guy there, but if we were looking at the other two, George Pickens or Chase Claypool had a pretty good game last week with Mitch Trubisky under center. He did, and uh, he was in my uh, he was in my dead weight uh, that week, so that was fun. <laughs> uh, but for me, it's completely biased. I'm a, I'm a UGA grad, so George Pickens all day, every day. All right, Rondo Moore or the recently acquired Robbie Anderson? Rondale Moore. I mean, I, I don't see, uh, listen, Robbie's good for, you know, a big play every like fourth game, but I just, yeah, I think Rondale Moore will have more volume. Yeah. Robbie, a very frustrating fantasy asset yes. to have. I dropped him. You want to talk about ones that you <laughs> felt like you regretted a bit. I dropped him in Scott Fishbowl last week, which is of course, you know, a deep league. You don't want to drop anyone that could have value. And then all of a sudden he ends up getting traded and we'll see what happens. But I no longer have Robbie Anderson on that team. Unfortunately, I think, you'll be all right. I, I think offense, I'm going to be okay. That offense is, is kind of a disaster. I mean, I just don't see him all of a sudden. I don't know. There's a lot of bodies there. I don't know. 
Yeah, for sure. All right. And then the last one here, we ask everybody this when they come on for these preview episodes, which player is being undervalued entering week seven? I don't know if it's necessarily undervalued. Maybe he is, but I'm going with Alan uh, Lazard. I think that uh, the Packers, I mean, Washington is (laughs) the worst pass defense in the NFL. They're dead last, 32nd in quarterback adjusted fantasy points allowed. Like they're just, they're a sieve. And I feel like um, this is the week, right? And Alan Lazard has been quietly actually doing well, um, even though the Packers have not. So um, I think Lazard is, uh, is going to be, you know, wide receiver one plus, you know, territory. He could end up being wide receiver like 14, 15 this week. So he's my guy. I like that call. And that is all for today's show. So once again, go follow Jennifer on Twitter at the Monday mommy, check out all her content over at four for com and Jennifer, I appreciate you taking some time during the season. I know it is always hard to make time in the fall. So thank you for doing that again. And is there anything else? I mean, we talked about a bunch of your content. Anything else that you're working on that you want to direct people towards before we let you go? Um, You know, I do have a, I have a new series that just started. Actually, it dropped this morning. It's called Gearing Up for the Playoffs. And I'll be doing it every other week from here on out. And it's basically just looking at teams that are like right now, teams that are 6-0, and teams that are 3-3, and teams that are 0-6 you know, strategies, different things that you can do. And then also just looking at different uh, tools to, uh, you know, looking at strength of schedule, looking at possible shootouts, moving forward, handcuffs, all that kind of stuff, just to get ready for the fantasy playoffs. So that'll be every other week from here on out. Um, And that just started uh, this week. Definitely go check out all that content. As for me, the trade value charts, they were updated Wednesday morning. The week seven rankings, they're going to be updated again on Thursday afternoon. I'll be back with two shows on Friday, the Twitter Spaces Q&A at 1 p.m. Eastern, and then the Injury Updates episode on Friday afternoon. But until then, big thanks again to Jennifer. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening, and we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me.